Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining us as always, Andrew Malcolm, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, a man whose <laughs> compass is so mentis that uh, we, <laughs> we have to, we simply have to download his wisdom every single week here. Wow, that's right. That's right. Bless you, my son. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, but your compass is so mentis, which is a, 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 a grave contrast with what's going on at the White House, which we'll get to in a minute, right? <laughs> We're going to get to that. But first off, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. You know, this uh, was one of the best ones I think I've ever seen. It was yeah, I agree. Defense in the first half, offense in the second half, a, a whole quarter of overtime. And both yeah. teams played really pretty well. It just yeah. did a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. I I have um, fallen off because of my team's hard times. By the way, I was delighted to see that Pittsburgh wasn't in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, yeah, you noticed that. Hey, we got into the playoffs as as did the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, we, we both well, played about as we both played about as well as each other <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah. Too. Well, I I uh, I I tend to watch um, now. I I love watching quarterbacks who are surgeons. Um, I mean Tom Brady, obviously, but Drew Brees, Joe Montana in the old days, and uh, I I just love watching Patrick Mahomes. I don't know I don't know that much about him, but uh, he seems like a nice guy and. I love the comeback. I mean, Americans love comebacks and they love underdogs. And I don't know how the betting would make Kansas City an underdog the way they played in recent years with Andy Reid. I mean, I, the guy is a, what is it? What, yeah, 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 he's a legend. He, he really is. And he's got a good sense of humor and he loves cheeseburgers. So, I mean, at, He's a great American, obviously. Obviously, um, obviously yeah. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it, uh, and I don't always watch it live. I'll, I might watch it ten minutes behind because um, then I can eliminate the commercials. But um, really, yeah, I don't. I don't. The commercials and the pre-show and all the blah 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 and the halftime. Uh, I mean. Well, I mean, just because uh, the commercials are sort of part of the experience for Super Bowl. I mean, I, I understand uh, okay. for game. you and the halftime show. I, I think I watched part of the Michael Jackson halftime show a long, long time ago, right? Uh, yeah. And then I said, well, you know, this got nothing to do with football. I don't mind the high school band forming the letters of the high school, but I, I just twenty-two minutes. I don't know how those athletes. I mean that 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 physically that should be dangerous, but they're 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 uh, they're in such amazing shape. When you see that Travis Kelsey's body, yeah, oh my God, two hundred and eighty pounds of granite. I I just and and I I know he broke the protocol of respecting coach by demand, but he wasn't in when that play got screwed up. And he he's such an intense competitor. I'm not making an excuse for him. I'm just saying right. uh, that he wanted in, you know, damn it, I can win it. And at the end, 
who who made the big catch to get it down uh, yeah. for the I think it was for the field goal, right? For the uh, in in reg, in regulation for the field yeah. goal in regulation, and he made a huge yeah. catch down there. Yeah. yeah, I mean the guy is so reliable. The two of them are, um, and they seem. I don't. I, Taylor Swift doesn't bother me. I think it's kind of sweet, actually. I, I, I yeah, that was. That they're yeah. multi million multi millionaires and and so on, but nobody. I mean, they're not. They're not asking for all the attention. They give it to them because it's so fresh and appealing, given everything else that's going on. Uh, yeah, you know, she doesn't need it. She doesn't. She's not there because she needs attention. She gets attention no. everywhere she goes. He doesn't yeah. need it because he needs attention. He gets attention uh, all the time. Uh, and they both have a lot of money. So a ton of money and they're going to get more. So yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of sweet and fun. And people just need to, you know, relax about it a little bit. Ease up a little. Yeah. You know, I got to yeah. tell you, though, they're the, the, you, if you like surgical quarterbacks, you got to love Brock Purdy, who played yeah he was pretty good yesterday you know he he you know his his completion percentage fell off a little bit but a lot of that had to do with kansas city's defense too and he never really made a big mistake at least i don't recall seeing a big no. mistake from rock purdy he did a good job i was in yeah a very level i appreciate yeah. the guys that can handle the emotion because uh my my uh what my historical impression is that first time super bowl teams don't win because it's just so intense. I mean, I don't think we, I've been in on a presidential race and presidential debates and all that stuff. And so I know a little bit about it, but what was it? 110, 15 million people watching it. That's gotta, that's gotta affect you. Um, that's why almost every play at the beginning of a game is running except for Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. They seemed it's fairly evenly matched. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just that Mahomes is, uh, he's, he's got magic. He can do things that others can't. And yeah. who is it? I read somewhere. I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody, some Bears fan was saying, we passed on Mahomes to trade up and get Mitch Trubinsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i think i think coming out of college he was he was considered more of a traditional drop back passer than mahomes was yeah and so you know, yeah you know, well, who drafted him, <laughs> the guy who drafted him was john dorsey who was the general manager in kansas city he then went to cleveland and he built up the talent base there mm -hmm. and now guess where he went Detroit. He's been in Detroit now for the last two or three years. Yeah, and you I, know, <sighs> that was my only regret from the Super Bowl is I would have liked to have seen the Detroit Lions make it in there because they had a hell of a year. Yeah. And, and you know, they outplayed San Francisco in that first half and then their yeah. coach kind of gave it away. Um, the players didn't give it away so much as the coach did. Uh, but at any rate, Yesterday's game, we're recording this on Monday. Yesterday's game was a lot of fun. It was the most exciting Super Bowl I've seen in a while. Except uh, for that one where they they would have won if he'd gotten another yard. And remember, he stretched his hand. I don't remember who that was. Was it the Eagles or Atlanta or something? The Rams? I think that was a Rams Super Bowl. Yeah, it came right yeah, down he to got, that. He got, got tackled like on the three or something. That was pretty exciting. 
Oh yeah, yeah. We it used to be that they were all bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> they were all stinkers. We've gotten lucky over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. They've all been pretty, they've all been pretty close, you know. Yeah. It's at least yeah. competitive. Yeah. And uh so that was entertaining, but now now you gotta go through the desert of no football for a few months. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, they've got you got the uh got the draft we got the, the draft you got the usfl which is the spring league and, for free agent you know i tried to watch that last year and i didn't know anybody in there so it's hard to yeah it's hard to it's hard to follow my it's not like i know the kansas city chiefs but you know their reputation so it's the people say well this guy had a cup of coffee with boston and something you go oh okay Anyway, um, it was what we, it what was we really good. need is one of what we really need is one of their players to have an uh, to have an affair with one of Taylor Swift's backup singers. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an idea, a spinoff. <laughs> you know, minor leagues, minor leagues. You know, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, oh, speaking, boy. speaking of not not uh, ready for the major leagues. Oh. Uh, for a segue here we go yeah um the press i think may have been the hardest hit last week by <laughs> special counsel report because yeah. the american media has been trying for three well four years really and, and longer than that to sell joe biden as the kindest, most compassionate, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Empathy. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Empathy, uh, you know, a sage, you know, an ominous grease among the Democrat, you know, foreign policy. Elite. Yeah, good guy, a good guy. Yeah, yeah. A good guy, a smart guy. Oh, well, you know, he stutters. That's the reason why he seems to have trouble finding words. He stutters, um, which he didn't do when he was younger. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a convenient excuse. So. Then Robert Hur drops this special counsel report on uh, Thursday of last week, which the White House knew was coming. They'd seen it. They'd reviewed it. They'd sent it back with notes asking him to redact some of this stuff. And um, and her refused to do it. Um, so they knew it was coming. And apparently they're still completely unprepared <laughs> for how some of this stuff was going to come across. And suddenly... Yeah, that's Joe Biden, right? I mean, he was unprepared for the infant food shortage, unprepared for the supply chain blockage, unprepared for the screw up that he created in, in Afghanistan. He's unprepared for everything. And yeah. he's late. He's late for everything, which my father always said was a sign of sloppy thinking. Yeah, or and, not you know, I got to tell you a story. When I worked for the <clears throat> first George W. Bush campaign, Punctuality was essential. I mean, you could get in big doo-doo if you weren't on time for things, whether it's coming to do work or at an event. And uh, I was with, um, I spent a lot of time with Mrs. Bush and we were in Council Bluffs. We had an event. Turns out in the same hall, Bill Bradley had an event that he was three hours late for in the winter. <laughs> three hours. He expected people to wait for him to, yeah. for him to ask for the vote. We drove up to the to the entrance, and I it was like two minutes early. 
And Bush, Bush told the Secret Service, no, drive around the block. So we drove around the block and drove up to the door as the men in hand went up to the 12. And because that's the way she wanted to work. When, when we left a town like Clear Lake, Iowa, when we left the events there, she, um, when the plane took off, I was supposed to give her a list, names and addresses of the people who had helped us at that stop. And on the way to the next stop, she would be handwriting thank you notes that would be mailed there the same day. So uh, they were very precise. Joe Biden is not. I mean, he he shows up. Well, in uh, Brussels last year, it was like 90 minutes late for a press conference. Yeah. Yeah. And the staff tries to describe it as well. He's so empathetic with the last people he's meeting with. And, you know, my father was right. It's just undisciplined. Um, so, but I mean, it's one thing to be undisciplined. Robert Hur's report suggests oh, yeah. that he's non-compass mentis, right? I mean, he doesn't yeah. remember things. He's not remembering basic things. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. Um, if you, uh, with the transcripts of his, uh, the interview with his memoirist, his uh, ghostwriter. And, and, and when his out. son died? And when his son died? Within I know years. when his son died. I, with not to, he wasn't able to remember within several years when Bo died when yeah. they were asking him about it. Um, well, you know, we know this when we see him, he's standing next to Lloyd Austin and he doesn't remember his name and he has to say something like, uh, uh, our folks over at the Pentagon, the guy's standing right next to him. And when right. he was on the video conference call with the prime minister by Australia, he said, ah, uh, the leader down under, and I mean, it. This this shouldn't have shocked the White House. I think what shocked the White House was that her was candid. Well, and again, it's candid velvet glove treatment with uh, from the media. Well, and I think that that's what this. I, and again, I don't. Again, I don't think it really exposes Joe Biden because no. voters were already concerned about Joe Biden, right? I mean, yeah. you see this in poll after poll after poll that majority of Americans say he's too old to be running for another term in office. And now a new ABC News Ipsos poll that, that came down over the weekend said 86% of respondents think that Joe Biden's too old. And that's including 73% of Democrats now think that Joe Biden's too old. So Americans understood this. What this really exposes to me is how the media establishment tried to cover this up for th for, for four years, really, because yeah. this was true during the 2019-2020 um, campaign as well. Absolutely. And, and then all of a sudden you start seeing this shift, at least somewhat, right? The New York Times suddenly runs three pieces talking about how Biden's too old and has to start thinking about retirement. And, and as we all know, if... The New York Times runs a piece that doesn't produce a staff walkout, then it's an official endorsement of that. <laughs> it's, yeah, the the media, I mean, the media did the same thing with Hunter's laptop. Uh, you try to ignore it. Um, it was hard for them to let go of the Russia Gate ho hoax. Um, it's, it's very sad uh, for someone who spent most of my professional life 
in that media it was a different media at the time. They they were they had biases, but they were they weren't as corrupt as now, uh, pretending to not see something or right. Well, it's unproven. Hunter's laptop is un unverified. And no, no, it's verified. It's um, it's sad. It's very very sad for the country because we need an honest watchdog. They got constitutional protections for Pete's sake because being a watchdog, independent watchdog, is so important. And they're blowing it, uh, or they have blown it, and their credibility went out the window. So a lot of them, their newspapers anyway, are dying. Did you know I heard from a friend in LA, it now costs to get the print edition delivered to your home, the LA Times, it's now a thousand dollars a year. Thousand dollars a year, and and a thousand dollars a year, two fifty a quarter, and it's much smaller. The deadline is before the evening news on TV. So, if you watch TV news at dinner, you got what's going to be in the paper in the morning. Uh, it's really sad. Uh, it's, I worked there for 10 years and they were good to me. Very, very good to me. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss to understand a thousand dollars a year. I no. mean, even... <laughs> well, it, it, it's like, they don't want you. They want to, they want to close up the printing business. They're closing up the printing plant, the main printing plant, and they're going to do it out in the suburbs now. Um, well, I guess the Times does the same thing uh, in um, New York. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's, but you know, they created it. Their arrogance created it over a long time. Um, and I have said this story before, and I'll make it quick. But it, in my mind, the media in the '80s and '90s was like a pharmacist. They decided back in their little room. And they're wearing the white cokes. They made these sacred decisions as to what was news. And uh, they printed it up. And then people lined up in the morning to get it handed to them what the professionals had decided was news. Uh, and, of course, the Internet threw that under the bus. Right. Um, but the arrogance that comes with it. I was in a meeting uh, with the national editors and copy editors at the LA Times. And I, uh, <laughs> there was a discussion. We had run a, a, a blog item. Now, this is early days. So this is like 2008 or nine. Um, we had run an item that had the word boobs in the headline. And uh, uh, one of the national copy editors said, wait a minute, you mean to tell me, Andrew, that you would post a story just because you think people wanted to read it. And I said, I said, you bet your sweet ass, John, how's the Sunday circulation going? And at that point, the senior editor stepped in and said, well, I thought we don't have to get into that because the Sunday paper was sinking. Uh, and we were doing four and five million page views a month on a, on our little new blog. So, they missed it. They missed it. And uh, you uh, with Captain's Quarters and, and all the others came in and revolutionized the news delivery business electronically, instantly. 
uh, have your, make your choice. You, you be the editor and pick what you're going to read. And people like that. Yeah, people like it. And, and, and again, I mean, it gets them, you know, you'd think that that would incentivize the media to yeah. actually focus on news that matters, right? Like, for instance, the president of the United States might be non compass mentis, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially if because they were honest, yeah. Especially because anybody who's watching the guy can already tell that he's non compass mentis. He's getting lost. I mean, the things that you just said, he gets lost on stage. He can't complete a thought when he's uh, speaking extemporaneously. He even can't even reading notes. Yeah, even when he's reading notes, he can't complete a thought. You've got, um, you know, and, and, and then, of course, to make this even worse, the White House decided that they were going to pour gasoline on this fire on Thursday <laughs> by sending him out there at 745 at night when Biden is clearly not at the top of his game, if you know what I mean. And anybody who's dealt with, you know, elderly aging parents or family members understands that, you know, there's sort of this sort of sunset thing going on, right? Yeah. You know, they're better earlier, right? And um, and so um, they send so, him out. Yeah. He, goes, he, goes, he, goes out, he goes out and says, I have an excellent memory and then screws up the Mexican and the Egyptian presidents. He puts Mexico on the border of Gaza. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 exactly it just played right into what Robert Hur was saying. He's it's, it's an SNL skit. That's what it and, is. and three times in the previous four days, I think it was, or maybe it was three days, four days. Um, Joe Biden told us this a story about talking to a um, world leader in 2021's G7 meeting. <clears throat> um, and use two different use two different people, both of whom were dead by 2021. Right? Uh, there was, you know, Francois Mitterrand who died in 1996. He was dead. 15, what is it? 15 years? No, 25 years before the G7 summit in um, yeah. 2021. Yeah. And and then Helmut Kohl who died in 2017. <laughs> um, and it was the same anecdote, right? He just changed the names. Yeah. It was. It was this person came to me and it was some sort of thing about them asking about, you know, if what the United States would do if somebody attacks, uh, you know, if, if a mob attacked Parliament in London. It was supposed to be about, you know, he was trying to make it about January 6th and, you know, ultra magas and stuff like that. So he tells the same story, but attributed, attributes it first to Francois Mitterrand and then changes it to Helmut Kohl, who, who was the leader of a completely different country. <laughs> And at a different dead. time and still was dead <laughs> you know and the media had actually started to notice that and that was just the day before the her report dropped nbc news ran a big feature saying for the third time this week donald trump has you know basically said he was talking to dead people and i had written a post about that right on on for thursday morning says yeah, NBC News. Biden sees dead people again, and the and the image was uh, from uh, the Sixth Sense, right? You know, with uh, Haley Joel Osment and Bruce Willis, which famously had the line of Haley Joel Osment, you know, you know, tucked up like this and going, "I see dead people." <laughs> right, right, right. You know? um, great movie, by the way, but it's not one I really want playing out in the White House. <laughs> 
bad thing. So uh, there's a subtle difference, I think, and that is that the media, as you say, is noticing it or allowing it to be written. Allowing it to be written. They've noticed it. I mean, how could oh, you? Oh, yeah, not? exactly. No, but I mean, noticing it uh, in, public, in publishing. Yes, yes. So, um, but they're not, it's not condemning it. I, I wrote uh, 14 months ago, I wrote a piece saying Biden is gone. Uh, why won't anybody do anything? It's, it, it's been so clear for so long, and this isn't wishful on my part. Good Lord, I, I, I know people in the military. I don't want somebody up there that can't tell the difference between countries. Um, so I don't think we're any further along, but it it would seem suicidal to, I mean, it's homicidal to send Biden out for a campaign and election. I mean, you, you want to lose. The only hope they have is that Trump immolates himself in some way or that though suddenly the public takes a conviction seriously. They don't doesn't seem to bother them now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I mean, it, it, this, it, and it, first off, a lot of the press, some of the press was being kind of honest about it, right? NBC News, even before the herd drop, report dropped, was was approached the whole dead people, you know, Biden sees dead people thing, at least honestly. And then also after the her report dropped, the reporters that were in the, um, I forget where the press conference was being held. I want to say it was in the the diplomatic room. The diplomatic room. Thank you. Um, they were challenging him and he got pissed off at him and started yelling at him. Which, you know, an old man shaking his fist at the lectern isn't exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm laughing, but it hurts. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's it's again, the White House should have just let it roll. Just, you know, but you know, I, I, I wrote it. I wrote it. I wrote it. Would... Sorry. Go ahead. I, I wrote about this in the column, and yeah. I was it was hypothetical. But I said I could picture when the report, came, of course, they, as you said, they knew what was going to be in it. But when the report came out and got such a huge splash, I could picture Biden saying, "Oh, damn it! I'm going out and straighten this out," and the staff going, "Oh, no, 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 sir! We can handle it. We can handle it." And then he barges out and makes it worse. Um, it's very hard to tell a president, don't do something, um, especially one like him who can turn, on a, turn well, on a dime and become mean. This is your column, you know, we are so screwed, <laughs> which may be my favorite column headline of all time, because it's just so applicable. It's it's an evergreen. I think it's what we, it's what we call those. It's an evergreen. We are so screwed. Um, you almost want to say part, you know, M-C-L-X-V-I-I, right? <laughs> but we are so screwed. And, and I mean, you, you, James Carville, James Carville, David Axelrod, uh, and some of the other people from, you know, the Clinton slash Obama establishments were coming out and saying, this is really bad and Democrats really need to start getting a grip on just how bad this is going to look. And James Carville said the most damaging thing that can happen to a politician is to have an existing negative suspicion confirmed. And yeah. It wasn't just a suspicion, right? Yeah. This was everybody except the media knew that the emperor had no clothes. Exactly. 
Exactly. It, it, it's just, and there wasn't even a little kid saying, no, but he's naked. There wasn't even that. It was just, oh, okay. Oh, he's got a nice suit on today. And, and uh, look at the love that Jill has to take him by the hand. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I said, uh, I, I tweeted, well, I don't know, recently that uh, if my, if if they were treating my dad this way, this this is elder abuse, plain and simple. And and if someone was treating my dad this way, even if I was making millions on the side because of where he was, I you can't permit it morally. You you couldn't no. permit it. You say, nope, dad, look, it's over. You had a good run. Let's go to the beach. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's just so sad. And that picture, that picture that we use often of Biden standing like a little boy getting scolded in the in the rose garden with his hands down and and Jill with her hands on her hips talking at him. You know, Joe, well, if you if you don't stop acting old, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I mean, that's one thing. But do you remember when they, they had to send the Easter bunny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To get him <laughs> to away. Get away from the reporters. The Easter Bunny's physically blocking his access to the reporters. Yeah, yeah. I and think the Easter, me. the Easter Bunny was a media person, I think, uh, and they were probably talking to him in the ear, getting him away from those people. They're wolves. <laughs> well, you and I talked about it at the time. Is yeah. it? And that's very. I mean, that should be. The media should be asking the question, why is the Easter Bunny blocking access of the president of the United States? If the president of the United States wants to talk to a reporter, what yeah. business is it of the Easter Bunny? <laughs> well, you can see they've done um, some interventionist things. First of all, he's now getting on and off Air Force One at the front stairs, which are much shorter. Yep. And if he falls down on the long stairs, it'll be inside out of sight. And it's harder to get a shot of the front stairs. They make sure of that. Now, when an event ends, instead of saying thank you, everybody, and trying to herd them out of the room, they start playing loud music. So he can pretend he doesn't hear any questions. And that's his signal to try to find the way out. Yep. By the way, Jonathan Turley has a has a tweet out um, this morning. I gotta I gotta relate this just to wrap this thing up. We we're talking about the polling, about yeah. how everybody realizes that Joe Biden is too old. For this job, right. too old right. and not up for it, right? right? So that ABC News Ipsos poll showed that 86% of the public um, now views Biden as too old to serve as president. <laughs> Jonathan Turley says, and you'll appreciate this, as a point of comparison, only 82% of the public can agree that the earth is round. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaks to a poll. He leaks to a poll. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. a good. That's a good one. That that's, is a good one. That is the that is the comparison of the day, right there from Twitchy, our friends at Twitchy, uh, our sister site. Anyway, Andrew's column is at redstate.com, and it's we are so screwed. Um, I think he's actually going to re. I think you're going to actually rename your column. We are so screwed. Colon, and then you're going to put it. You know, a number. That's right. Yeah, one or I dash V. Right. <laughs> All right. And of course, 
we got to get to the jokes of the week. Do you have, do you have a joke? Of the I week? got I got a couple. I did, I tell, did I tell the Ruth Buzzy one? You did last uh, week. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, there was somebody on Twitter that was tweeting that there's a new trend in office work life, naming your lunch. Because today I had a lunch named Kevin. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Uh, and let's see. Um, I like this one. These are old, but uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon says, as Super Bowl champs, the Giants will meet President Obama at the White House. Meanwhile, the Patriots will meet Newt Gingrich at the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> and one, one other one that I, I just like because it's Russia. Um, it's Letterman. He says, the Sochi... Olympic Hotel is, I think, is called the Two Seasons. <laughs> Instead of a little chocolate on your pillow, Russian maids leave a potato. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm Irish, so that's not so bad, you know. Uh, I got a quick one for you here. I got a quick one for you. Um, hmm. So, uh, and I got this from jokesofthedaynet because I always like to. To give yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah. A Catholic priest, a Lutheran minister, and an evangelical preacher are arguing about religion one day when the phone rings. And the Catholic priest gets up to answer it. And after listening for a few minutes, his face just turns pasty white and he goes, Yes, yes, I understand. I understand. I'll pass, I'll pass on the news. And they said, What's what's wrong? And the priest says, Well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. <laughs> so, okay, what's the good news? He says, Well, my friends. That was the Lord Jesus on the phone, and he's calling to say he's back. And they shout, glory be! What could possibly be bad news now? Well, the priest says, he was calling from Salt Lake City. <laughs> there you go, Salt Lake City. For the win! All right. Also for the win, anytime you get a chance to talk to or read Andrew Malcolm. He's the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com at AH Malcolm on Twitter. Yes, sir. Or or listen, because we have audio commentary now on Thursdays usually. That's right. That's right. You have your um Malcolm on the right. Malcolm on the right uh, uh podcast, the five minute podcast. So you can listen to Andrew, you can read Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, and all the fun, uh all the fun commentary that he's got right here. On Twitter, at A.H. Malcolm, that's where you find all the links. Andrew, thanks again for another great conversation. We're doing this again next week, right? Yes, next week, not the week after, but yes. Not the week after. I have to figure out something else to do with my life. I'm just going to bury myself <laughs> in ashes for that week. I, You know, it's just, you know, I, I think I'm going to entitle that podcast, Without You, We Are So Screwed, The Secret. <laughs> All right, Andrew, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>